from BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast, is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. This is the Greg Peterson experience. He was like a god walking amongst mere mortals. He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr. On VSIN, the sports betting network. It's hour number two of the Greg Peterson Experience on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network, and we've got a tremendous hour coming up for you as in 15 minutes we're going to be joined by one of our favorites, Daniel Alvari, who does great work over here at DraftKings along with VEASAN, taking a look at all things West Coast sports as we're going to be taking a look at what has been happening with the Clippers and the Lakers. I know she's got a play or two with regards to college basketball. We'll take a look at some Pac-12 futures with her, so we're going to be touching all the bases there, and then we're going to be also joined by Jason Weingarten. He does tremendous work here at the network as well. He's going to be joining me in about 30 minutes. We're going to be talking with them about the World Baseball Classic that is going to be coming up. We're also going to be chatting with them a little bit about some of the conference tournament features that he's placing some wagers on as well. So we've got a tremendous hour as we're going to be going a little bit more game to game here in this segment, taking a look at what we're all getting in college basketball for this Tuesday, but before we do that, we've got to give a shout out to the people that make the Greg Peterson experience the experience that it is because there's many people that you don't see behind the scenes that they put in tremendous work night in and night out. Like my producer, Jason, he is a man that books all these great guests. He does an amazing job there. So always appreciate his efforts. We've got my audio engineer, Taylor. For those of you guys who are listening on Sports Map Radio, he is responsible for getting things up and running with that regard and always does an incredible job of getting me set up. You've got every single hour of this show and really every single hour that we've got here at VSIN, whether you like this show, whether you're taking a look at some of our newer shows, follow the money list goes on and on. Every single hour that we do here at VSIN, that is an audio form at VSIN.com slash podcast or the VSIN Bets Bets feed, wherever you get your podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Play list goes on and on we've got you guys all covered there and it is sean that posts up all those hours and if you're watching on vsin.com youtube tv for one you're going to be getting a treat in a minute but with that said it is dakota puts up all the graphics everything that you see up on vsin.com youtube tv it is courtesy of dakota so a big thanks to them I promised you guys a little bit of wrestling, and it's going to be going into college basketball, what we're going to be doing, and it's because of a team that we are going to be taking. What famous wrestler takes two beverages, slams them together, and then drinks them? For those that are listening on VEASAN.com, 
or for those that are listening on Sports Map Radio, you have no idea what happened, but I took two bottles of water, I slammed them, and I chugged them because we are taking Stone Cold Stephen F. Austin with our DK Nation pick for this Tuesday. 619, 620 on the betting board. Utah Tech, they are hitting the road to Las Vegas, and they're going to be playing against Stephen F. Austin. This is going to be a game that we are going to be seeing in the WAC tournament, and this is going to be a late one, 8.30 p.m. Pacific time, 11.30 p.m. Eastern. Stephen F. Austin currently a three-point favorite pretty much across the board. Total on this game is 147.5, and here's why I like Stephen F. Austin. For one, anytime that I get to do a little bit of a wrestling reenactment, I am all for it. I think that that is absolutely awesome, but for two, I did make Stephen F. Austin a five-and-a-half-point favorite. Stephen F. Austin has been dealing with a few injuries, unlike... Myself, which fortunately nobody was harmed in me chuggling bottles of water, which we use water instead of beer because we we are the designated driver here. Some of you guys know all about this because I'm sure that I'm talking right now to some people that might be Uber driving, what have you. And I salute your service for that, getting people home very safely. And I need to get this show home very safely. So there was no alcohol consumed with regards to that, only water. That'll be a little bit later that we drink beer when we get off air. Once we are off the, once we are off the clock. But that said, I do take a look at this Stephen F. Austin team, and they're just awesome in the way that they are able to generate turnovers. They are in the top ten nationally in terms of turnovers force on a per possession basis across the board. But you take a look at them in a road slash shoot record environment. Only Merrimack has been able to do a better job in terms of turnovers on a per-possession basis. Meanwhile, you've got a Utah Tech team that they've got problems with ball security. Now, the Lumberjacks of Stephen F. Austin, they also do have a tough time taking care of the ball. They are 343rd in the country in terms of total turnovers on a per-possession basis. Utah Tech is not too far behind, though. Utah Tech is 339th in the country, and they are generating an average of 2.6 turnovers per game, fewer than Stephen F. Austin. You've also got a pair of teams that they shoot at well from three-point range. Jacob Nichols, he shoots 50% from three for a Utah Tech team that overall, they're shooting a little bit over 38% from three-point range. But Stephen F. Austin, in a road slash record environment, they shoot 41.8% from three-point range. The only team that shoots better away from home in terms of three-point shooting percentage, Xavier. Stephen F. Austin has been dealing with a few injuries to uh, guys like Dede Hall, Alamdana, T. Boasico. But both of these guys, it was thought that when they missed their game against Utah Valley, that they were missing that a little bit more for rest. And I do think that Dede Hall should be back in the fold in this one. Boasico might be out of the fold. But even if you're missing one of these guys, the last time these two teams hooked up, Stephen Fawson, they were able to get the job done. They won that game by double figures, 85-72 to 72 on the road. They played 10 different guys for at least 10 minutes. They're capable of going 11 deep, so one or two guys being out of the full for Stephen Fawson, not a big deal, and we've seen these two teams hook up twice in the last two years. In those two games, you saw Stephen Fawson win by an average margin of 21.5 points. Stephen F. Austin is a really bad matchup for Utah Tech. Stephen F. Austin, a team that is very hungry to get back to the NCAA tournament. They made it many times while they were out there in the Southland. Now they are in year number two of the WAC, and I do think that their run is going to be continuing here. Nice short number, my DK Nation write-up. That is on Stephen F. Austin, and right now we're seeing a total of 147.5, and I'm going to be willing to go over. This is a Utah Tech team that is really not playing any defense whatsoever. In terms of points a lot on a per-possession basis, they are currently clocking in 262nd in all of college basketball in road slash shoot record environment. They're giving up 9.7 points more per 100 possessions. Meanwhile, you've got a Stephen F. Austin team that, well, they're coming off of giving up north of 100 points to Utah Valley. Prior to that, they were a top 100 team in terms of points a lot on a per possession basis, but both of these teams do play at a little bit more of a brisk pace. Stephen F. Austin, they are certainly in the top 75 in terms of total possessions per game. Utah Tech, a little bit closer to 100. So, my write up here, that is on Stephen F. Austin laying three. And with the total set mine at a 151.5, I'm going to be willing to go over as well. Prior to that in the WAC tournament, we're going to have some interesting action. You've got another team that comes in from the Southland. They do a good job of being able to generate some turnovers, and they're playing in day one of this tournament. 
How about if we go 613-614 on the betting board? Cal Baptist, the old Lancers, are going to be taking on Abilene Christian. This one also from Michelob Alter Arena. And it is currently Cal Baptist being between a pick'em to a one-point favorite in your total. This is anywhere between 140 and 140 and a half. And with Abilene Christian, they're an all-or-nothing steel team. Unlike Steve Foss, in which if they don't generate that steal, they still give you a modicum of defense. They're still able to guard a little bit with regards to three-point shooting. Well, you don't have that as much with Abilene Christian. Abilene Christian is in the top 15 nationally, much like Stephen F. Austin in terms of turnovers forced on a per-possession basis, but there's a points a lot on a per-possession basis. They are outside the top 250. Meanwhile, Cal Baptist, they are just inside the top 100, right around 98th, 99th in terms of points a lot on a per-possession basis. But typically, I like teams that play slow. Cal Baptist, it feels like they are playing unnecessarily slow. With Cal Baptist, they bring out a lot of good sharpshooters. Blondra Chiquenio was really good at New Hampshire. You had Joe Kitano, who I thought last year was one of the best snipers in all of college basketball from Loyola Marymount. Neither of these guys have fit in with the system. Both of these guys give you a combined 14 points. Both of these guys shooting below 30% from three-point range. And it's just not worked out. You do have a guy that's able to give you a triple-double on any given night in Taron Armstrong. He's been able to do a nice job, give you 11.5 points, five rebounds, four and a half assists per contest. But on the flip side for Abilene Christian, whole is greater than the sum of its parts. Six different guys that give you between 8.5 and 11 points per contest. They don't necessarily have that one guy that's able to give you north of four rebounds per game. Tobias Cameron is mainly that, but you've got a lot of really good contributors. And it's an Abilene Christian team that they're able to go right around 9 to 10 deep. And all these guys do a relatively solid job of being able to shoot threes. They shoot right around 35% as a collective from three-point range. Hunter Goodrick, he's been able to live up to his aim. He's been really good. He's been able to give you 9.5 points. Right around 6.5 rebounds. Shoots it well from three-point range for this Cal Baptist team. But there just seems to be something off about the Lancers as they just have not been able to do a relatively solid job at all of being able to get their offense formed. And the last time these two teams played, Allen Christian went on the road, completely torched Cal Baptist, won that game by double figures. Now, he also did have in that game, Abilene Christian shoot darn near 50% from three-point range. I don't think that that's going to be holding up in this spot. And I do think that it is interesting to take a look at this game from a total perspective because with Abilene Christian, they are a team that they're looking to push the tempo a little bit more in terms of total possessions per game. Meanwhile, Cal Baptist, I mentioned it, they're playing a little bit too more slowly for their own good. Abilene Christian right around 90th in the country in terms of total possessions per game. Cal Baptist, Right now, they are clocking in right in the neighborhood about 300th with regards to possessions per game, 302nd to be exact. So I did set my total at 138.5. I do think that Cal Baptist is going to be able to do a relatively solid job of being able to guard the three-point arc in this one. But I do think that Cal Baptist is going to be forced into a couple too many turnovers. So it's a situation where I do like Abilene Christian to be able to get the job done. I think that this is, once again, much like I'm seeing in Stephen F. Austin versus Utah Tech, a bad matchup for Utah Tech. I think that this is just that for Gal Baptist. So I'm going to be willing to ride with Abilene Christian, set them as a two and a half point favor with regards to the total, set mine at a 138 and a half. So here at 139 and a half, 140, you're going to be diving under. And I'm going to take Abilene Christian outright on the money line. And coming up next, the hoop shatter is going to be continuing. We're going to hit a little NBA and we're going to hit a little bit of college basketball with Danielle Avari. She does great work here at VSIN. She does amazing work over at DraftKings. And she also does some work with UCLA. So we've got to hit on the Pac 12 tournament next with Danielle right here on the Greg Beers and Experience on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off, grand slam, or a base hit to center field. 
Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Finding the right news podcast can feel like dating. It seems promising until you start listening. When you hit play on Post Reports, you'll get fascinating conversations and sometimes a little fun, too. I'm Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Azadi. Martine and I are the hosts of Post Reports. The show comes out every weekday from The Washington Post. You can follow and listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. It'll be a match, I promise. Peterson himself on VSN, the sports betting network. Calling all Massachusetts sports fans soon enough DraftKings Sportsbook, Boston's hometown sportsbook will be live right in Massachusetts. Bet on all your favorite teams from the comfort of your own home. Don't bet with some out of town sportsbook. Bet local with DraftKings, the only sportsbook born, born and raised in Mass. Plus, all new customers who sign up for DraftKings Sportsbook today using the promo code VSIN, V-S-I-N, receive up to $200 in bonus bets to use once sports mobile betting hits in Massachusetts. Soon you'll be able to bet on all the money lines, spreads, props, and so much more with America's number one top-rated sportsbook, DraftKings. If you or a loved one are experiencing problems with gambling, call 1-800-327-5050 or visit helplinema.org to speak to a trained specialist free and competently 24-7, 21 years or older, physically present in Massachusetts. Eligibility restrictions do apply subject to regular license requirements. Eligibility and deposit restrictions do apply. Opt-in required and bonus issued Bonus issued as free bets. Terms and conditions are at DraftKings.com slash MA. As we're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience on Visa, the Sports Betting Network, and Please be joined by Danielle Avari. She does amazing work over here at VSIN. I know that she does a little bit over there at DraftKings as well. And on top of that, she does an amazing job taking a look at all things UCLA. She does a lot of the in-stadium broadcasting for them. And Danielle, it's always great to have you aboard. Thank you. Thanks so much. Good to see you, Greg. Great to see you, Danielle. And I just mentioned it. You do have quite the affinity for UCLA. You're a graduate. You do quite a bit of work for them. How do you take a look at this Pac-12 tournament that's going to be happening out here in Las Vegas in a little bit more than 24 hours? Certainly, the teams are going to be playing in day one, not necessarily the most rambunctious of them. I wouldn't be expecting them to be able to make too much of a run, but it's just, for me, a question of what is going to be the status of Jalen Clark for UCLA because I do think that it comes down to those two big teams that we saw over the weekend, UCLA along with Arizona. Yeah, absolutely. And to be honest, I felt like going into that UCLA-Arizona game, I was lower on my own team than other people, which is completely flipped of years past. I feel like this is the first time where I felt like the national media was giving UCLA its flowers. And I was very concerned. The couple of things I was concerned with with UCLA and I'm still concerned with, they don't have a lot of strong perimeter shooting. And sometimes the perimeter defense gets a little bit lax. And the reason I don't think it's been particularly exposed so far this season is because there hasn't been a very strong three-point shooting team in the Pac-12, really a team that's been able to do that hit or miss has been Arizona State a little bit. Uh, Stanford kind of picked it up together at the end, but not a lot of strong three-point shooting overall in this Pac-12 conference. And if teams have a strong three-point shooter, it's one, it's not like two different guys who can do it. So I don't think that 
area of weakness for UCLA has been as exposed as it possibly can be. But that said, this is still an incredibly tough UCLA defense and I think capable of making a final four run. But losing Jalen Clark, that is the glue guy here. And it does seem like, again, this is all conjecture. We don't know officially yet. Uh, supposedly got an MRI on Sunday. We don't know the results of it. We probably won't hear anything about it because of a selection Sunday coming up. And we know that that possibly, even though it probably shouldn't, obviously affect their seating. So we're not going to have a final answer on that, but it looks like at least no Jalen Clark for this Pac-12 tournament, probably, possibly through the entire tournament. And that's a huge loss because this is a glue guy for UCLA. He does all of the things that maybe don't show up on the stat sheet and is just incredible on the defensive side. A finalist in that top NASIF defensive player of the year category, averaging over two and a half steals per game. He's had almost double digit games where he's had three steals. And those are the moments that he creates for UCLA and can make up for the fact that this is not the strongest offensive UCLA team. So with that said, looking at the PAC 12 tournament with UCLA, they're of course going to be your shortest shot at plus plus one ten. That's not exciting. That's not fun to bet Arizona at plus two ten. Uh, possibly if you're going to look at one of the top seeds here, USC at eight to one is not interesting to me. I think that both Arizona and UCLA can handle that team pretty handily. Again, been very streaky, just went against Arizona state. That is kind of, again, a wild card team sitting at 15 to one, but for me has not been able to close out games by far in the pac 12, the worst team at closing out games this season for me outside of Cal, of course, I'm not going to bring Cal into this cause that's just punching <laughs> down. Uh, but Washington state, I know that Matt humans and Wes Reynolds also talked about this on Beeson tonight earlier and I'm glad they pointed it out. I'm glad people are taking notice because Washington state has been that pesky Cougars team this entire season that nobody wants to play because they've been able to hand losses to teams like Arizona by just playing their brand of basketball, which has been very, very much focused on the defensive side. It's reminiscent really of what UCLA does well, which is control the tempo of games. So if you're looking at a long shot for this Washington state, 18 to one is interesting, but I do have to say just seeing all of the UCLA discussion on Twitter or wherever it does seem like people think that UCLA needs to win this tournament for a lot of reasons. The Pac-12 bias, a West Coast bias, the conference committee having an Arizona representative on it needs to win this to kind of maintain that one seed. And maybe that's the situation here. But that said, it's really tough this time of year, as you know, because tournament winners sometimes can fizzle out into March Madness. So it doesn't seem like it's a prominent thing, a thing that teams know that they have to win so much. They're focused more later March. Uh, but UCLA, without Jalen Clark, all eyes are going to be on this team, like you said, and they need to be able to perform without him. They were able to perform that last 10 minutes against Arizona, but at that point they were already up and I think the damage is already done. So Jalen Clark, a huge loss that maybe you might not notice again on the stat sheet, but you will definitely notice in this Pac-12 tournament. And that is not the only big loss that is being involved with an L.A. basketball team as, mm. well, the USC has not been dealing with too many losses recently with Vincent Iwuchuku back in the fold. They're actually as mm -hmm. close to full of health as it gets. But let's take a look at the pro side of things. What do you make out of the Los Angeles Lakers right now? They were able to get a nice win a few days ago against the Golden State Warriors, a Warriors team that... Call it what it is. They have not been able to win a road game to save their lives all season long, but it's been a fascinating LA Lakers team that honestly I like a little bit more now that Russell Westbrook is out of the fold, but dealing with that LeBron James injury is very big, and I recall LeBron James saying that this was going to be one of the biggest 20 sub-on game stretches of regular season basketball that he had really ever played, but how do you gauge this Lakers team right now? Because I just don't know if LeBron James is going to be able to come back at any point during the regular season. And mm -hmm. this team is fighting just to be able to make the play in. Yeah. And it just seems like how with this level of talent, do we even having this conversation about the Lakers, but then we talk about the level of injury and also the age that we've seen with this Lakers team, obviously the switch of Russell Westbrook also coming into play here. The Clippers aren't doing much better with him involved either really having a trouble to win a game, let alone cover a game. But as far as the Lakers are concerned, LeBron James, it, it hangs on him at the end of the day. I mean, we've even seen Anthony Davis sit out some of these games and the Lakers have been able to kind of cobble together wins over the Warriors. And maybe that looks promising to you. To me, honestly, the Warriors, Warriors, uh, even despite their defensive woes this season, are a better team to look at in the West than the Lakers are, despite the Lakers being able to beat them the last two times out. I know that's that's stressful to say. And you even look, the Lakers are able to beat the Mavs. So Lakers able to do some damage here in the West. But I think, again, the damage is done here with LeBron James being out and Anthony Davis being so streaky with his availability as well. I just don't know what you're getting with the remainder of this Lakers team. And it's not something that would be interesting for me to bet on even it might be interesting to look at a Lakers to miss the plan if that bet is still up.
Yeah, it's a Lakers team that I have not been bullish on all season long. I do think that things are getting are getting better, but I feel like that Russell Westbrook trade giving away pretty much all of those good ancillary young mm -hmm. pieces of the Lakers, it's still having lingering effects. I think they could use someone like, oh, I don't know, a Kyle Kuzma right about now. A man that also began his career out in the Pac-12 and the other team in Los Angeles, no doubt, it's always going to be a Lakers sound, but the Clippers, they're the team that's had a little bit more success in recent years, but they're a team that I'm not necessarily too bullish on either. I'm not sure how you gauge the Clippers moving forward, but it just feels like a team that is both fragile in terms of the way that they have been playing night in and night out, and well, as we know with Paul George along with Kawhi Leonard, you just don't know how long these guys are going to be able to stay out there on the floor and if they're going to be able to stay healthy for the rest of the season. I wish that was a bet we could have made before the season started was how many games either combined or individually we would get out of Paul George or Kawhi Leonard because it actually is comically low how many we've seen of them together and also how many Kawhi has actually played seriously in the last couple of years since that in initial injury uh, that that sidelined him so it's really tough because this Clippers team has obviously not lived up to the potential, but we've never really seen what it's supposed to look like. It's almost, I mean, similar to what we saw with the Nets was a huge letdown. And then that completely fell apart before we even really got to see what it looked like altogether uh, because those three guys never really played all together. So Paul George, Kawhi not coming together here. And I don't know that the Russell Westbrook addition is necessarily a negative, but it wasn't necessary for them to add him. I don't know that he adds a lot for this team. Uh, even though they do seem like they desperately need a point guard. I don't know that it's Russell Westbrook. So I feel bad for him because he's been at four or five teams in the last four years. And I just has not been able to figure out a good landing spot. Yeah. With Russell Westbrook, it's been rough for him. Very much a ball dominant guy has never really been able to get his team over the hump. And you always know that the potential is there. A guy that's able to put up a triple double, but you always talk about empty calorie sets. It feels like, our good friend Russell Westbrook has been filling up on those for many, many years. And Danielle, I know that you do a great job taking a look at just all things West Coast sports. You do a great job here at VEASAN. You do a great job over at DraftKings, UCLA. list goes on and on. And always appreciate your time on the show. Thank you so much. Thanks, Greg. You always boost my ego. I always do try to do that because Danielle does a great job for us here on the show. And coming up next, another man that does a great job at VEASAN, that'd be Jason Weingarten. We're going to be talking some conference futures along with the along with the World Baseball Classic with him next right here on the Greg Peterson Experience on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Hoops Peterson himself on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit VSIN.com to check out the current betting splits data. Want to know where the money and the bets are moving on every single game? The betting splits page is updated with DraftKings odds every 10 minutes, so you can see all the changes in the action. Find out where the public is betting based on the number of tickets and where the money does not match up with the public opinion as you're able to check out not just today's action but future events as well as betting splits are another way VEASAN is here to make you a smarter better year-round. So check out today's betting splits for every single game now at VEASAN.com. We're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network, and great to be joined by this man as Jason Weingarten does a great job here at the network. I know that he's done many write-ups for the futures that he places and He's been doing an amazing job taking a look at the futures market, and I know he's got quite a few with regards to these NCAA conference tournaments, and Jason, always great to have you aboard. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. Thank you for joining me, and Jason, let's start first with these conference tournament futures that you've got, and there's going to be one that's played a few miles away from where I live, the Big West Conference Tournament. The favorites are... Sort of the usual suspects. You've got UC Irvine, who is towards the top in terms of this one. And you've also got UC Santa Barbara, who's a team that has fallen off a little bit. But by and large, they've been able to do a pretty rock-solid job this year. UC Irvine, they're at 2-1. to one. UC Santa Barbara is at plus 280. Any value outside of these two? Or do you think that this is going to be a little bit more of a top-heavy conference tournament? I think this is a top-heavy tournament. I took Irvine and Santa Barbara with the idea that I'm going to get one or both of those teams in the final, and I'll be able to assess my position from there. Um, a lot of times when I'm betting futures like this, I'm not necessarily trying to take a long shot to win. I'm trying to take a team that I think is going to end up in the final, and then I can assess my position you know, in the, the final round of the championship, whatever. 
Um, so in this case, I'm happy to take Irvine and Santa Barbara and take my chances in the bracket. Absolutely. And do you, the, a team that has really been standing out to me in the big West is Hawaii. They're currently at eight to one. Do you think that there might be any value on them? Just because I do take a look at this Hawaii team. They've played a little bit better away from the Island this year than they have in the past. And with Hawaii, they've been one of those teams that has been able to play some relatively solid defense. Yeah, you know, the thing with Hawaii, you just mentioned kind of is the Hawaii away from the island versus Hawaii at home. Um, I tend to not like Hawaii as much in tournament play as opposed to when I could take them on the island. But uh, in this case, eight to one, not a terrible number, but uh, not not a play for me here. Yep, and I do think that it is interesting to take a look at this conference tournament as well because we were talking a little bit off air. I know you've done a great job of being able to gauge a big West for many, many years. How much of a different dynamic is it now that the tournament has been being played away from Anaheim and instead it's going to be out here in Henderson, Las Vegas? Many people call it Las or Henderson, Nevada. I called it Henderson, Las Vegas, but I mean, a lot of people think that it's Las Vegas, it's Henderson. But with that said, how do you take a look at this as looks like we've got a little bit of color from Jason. We still able to have him? I think that we lost Jason. I was so lost in me trying to call Henderson, Las Vegas, and that's just not a good situation at all. It's like when you're trying to take a look at a big city and you call the big city the state. That's just never fun, but we will regroup with him in a second because I know that he's done a great job of being able to round up some of these conference futures, and one in particular that he's taking a look at is out there in the SWAC, which the SWAC, it's known for having a lot of 16 seeds, as it looks like we do have Jason back on the line, but out there in the SWAC, Jason, I know that there's a team that you do like quite a bit. Take me through why you're on Grambling at a relatively short price to be able to win the SWAC conference tournament. With with him, it's a case where I do think that the uh, the top team in Grambling, they certainly do deserve to be the top team. If you take a look at the odds to be able to win the conference tournament, you've got Alcorn State, Currently clocking in plus 360. Southern, who actually does a relatively solid job of being able to generate some seals. There, plus 600, and then from there, every other team is relatively north of 8-1. to one. But this scrambling team, I do think that if they are able to get in the NCAA tournament, they could be able to buck that trend of the SWAC just always having a 16 seed in the NCAA tournament. We did see Texas Southern. I believe it was the 2015 NCAA tournament. They were a 15 seed, but... Since Rip Hamilton was the most valuable player of the Final Four, that was the 1998 NCAA tournament, the SWAC has received a 16 seed in all but one tournament. But Jason, I know that there is a team that you do like in the SWAC, and that would be Grambling. Take me through why you're going to be taking a shot on Grambling, even though the price isn't necessarily what you'd expect in a lot of conference tournaments. They're hovering right around about a plus 110, plus 120 in terms of the futures market to be able to win the SWAC tournament. Yeah, I actually took a little bit of a bad number there. I took even money. I know bookmakers at minus 101 right now. So if you can get plus 120 there, there's a little bit of value to be had. But uh, Grambling in general has just been a good team for me profit-wise this year. It's been a team I've kind of focused on and I've I've paid a lot of attention to. So um, I'm just happy to take them here, um, knowing, knowing what I'm getting from this team and that they were able to hang you know, with the likes of Vanderbilt earlier in the season, beat them outright. Um, I think they make make easy work of the rest of the, uh, you know, the competition here. I do agree with you. And very interesting stat about Grambling. If you look at just raw points allowed on a per possession basis, this Grambling team is number eight in all of college basketball. So maybe they will do a solid job there. And when it comes to taking a look at conference futures, because I know like, we've just talked about two of them in the Big West and the SWAC. You take, we were taking a look and you were on more of the top teams in terms of both of those conferences. How much is it when it comes to conference tournaments, just taking a look at who you think is going to be able to pull it off? And do you ever consider sometimes maybe a little bit more of a money line rollover rather than a future? Yeah, money line rollovers always get my attention, especially in, in any sort of tournament or playoff situation. Um, you get the back-to-back days here too, especially that that becomes a, a pretty valuable component with the so many games, you know, happening back, uh, you know, in so few days. 
But uh, in in general, I, I don't take a ton of long shots in the in these tournaments. Um, if I do, I'm going to play them round to round because you're going to get a lot of value for the most part, especially in the early rounds. You know, taking taking long shots to to advance in these tournaments. Yep, and we are going to be seeing a lot of conference tournaments that are going to be starting up, like the ACC tournament on Tuesday. That's going to be starting up. You really don't want to be taking a lot of teams that they have to win like four plus games and four plus days to be able to pull it off because it is a feat that very rarely does happen. I still remember when Georgia had that just insane run where they were able to win. I think it was like four games in the SEC tournament. I think they had to do it in three days because there was that storm that rolled through. That is a very, very unique situation. That is not the norm. That is the exception along with like Oregon State being able to win the Pac-12 tournament a few years ago. I still remember DraftKings posted up 100-1 to on Oregon State. That was a little bit of a bad number, but I know that a another number that you're taking a look at in terms of college basketball futures is actually not a conference tournament, but it's rather taking a little bit more of a look at one of your futures that you already plays. Kentucky, I know that you've got them to be able to win the NCAA title, and with being able to, I would say, add a little bit more to that future. You didn't take Kentucky to be able to win the entire tournament, but you took a bet that's a little bit similar. Take me through why you are still on Kentucky and why you put a little bit more on them to be able to make the final four. Yeah, you know, it's funny you mentioned Oregon State just now. I saw they were 250-1 to to win the tournament this year, the Pac-12 tournament, and I almost bet it just because... I remember missing out on the the big uh, the big Oregon State run you mentioned, but I didn't. I uh, thought better of it, just throwing money away. This year's team is much much worse than the one two years ago. I will tell you that. Yeah, it's not not the same team. Uh, but as for Kentucky, who I also bet on against Arkansas this weekend, I tend to uh, I tend to pay a little bit more content, uh, attention to Kentucky than a lot of other teams, although not nearly as much as I used to. Um, it was like 11 to one to make the final four. And I still kind of just look around and I think Kentucky athletically matches up with almost every team in the tournament, you know, talent wise, can't really argue that they're not one of the most talented teams. It's just, you know, it's typical Kentucky stuff. We've, we've come to expect underperformance from them and, you know, inconsistency, but it is conference tournament time. So don't be surprised if they start playing a little bit better and don't look like the same team we saw in December or January. Yeah, with Kentucky, it's so interesting to take a look at them. And how have you been feeling about their most recent few performances? Because with Kentucky, they've been able to get back online. They go on the road. They knock off Arkansas. But it was a team that was really struggling towards the front half of the season. Now it feels like they're starting to round into form at just the right time. Yeah. Um, you know, that's just typical Kentucky. They... Uh, they will coast through the SEC schedule when when they feel like it and turn it on. Like I said, they they're athletically able to match up with anybody in the field. So if if they get hot, that's uh, that's what you know they're gonna be there in the end. Hopefully, imagine being a one seed and your reward is oh you get to play against the reigning national player of the year in Oscar Sheway. That could be happening, but. What is happening next on the Greg Peterson Experience? We go from basketball to baseball. Jason Weingarten is doing a great job taking a look at the World Baseball Classic, and we're going to be diving into that next right here on the Greg Peterson Experience on Visa, the Sports Betting Network. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God. We've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. 
Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the campaign moment right now, wherever you're listening. You're experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on VSIN, the sports betting network. Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook is the place to be as you can win up to $10,000 in bonus money instantly by playing in our exclusive Bet Rivers Squares this basketball season. Place a qualifying bet and you get a square on the house. And if the numbers on your square match up with the final score of the game, you win. Restrictions on qualifying wagers, eligibility, bonus, and credit use. Full terms and conditions are available at BetRiversSquares.com. We're back here. I'm Greg Peterson, Experience on Beeson, the Sports Betting Network, and great to be rejoined by Jason Weingarten. He does tremendous work here at the network, taking a look at a lot of futures, and I know that he, much like myself, absolutely loves baseball, and something that I know that you're getting geared up for, Jason, is taking a look at the World Baseball Classic, and before we dive in on any of these teams, before we dive in on any of these bets, just how do you go about being able to prepare for this event? Because it happens once every four years, and... We're going to be seeing a lot of Major League Baseball players, but at the same time, we're going to be seeing a lot of guys that, well, a lot of casual Major League Baseball fans are not going to be familiar with because they don't play here in the United States. Yeah, you know, a lot of people won't be familiar with guys from Japan or Korea or Cuba or whatever, but for me, that's uh, that's just pretty normal. I follow all these leagues and players, you know, pretty pretty regularly, so... Um, not a problem for me, but, but I do definitely understand where people are coming from who have, you know, not, not much of a background with, with a lot of the international stuff. And for those that might not be overly familiar with international players, is this an event that those of us that are maybe a little bit more casual baseball fans could still be able to fire in on? And what would be the best approach for being able to get ready for the World Baseball Classic? Well, you got about a day. This time tomorrow, the first games are going to be underway from Tokyo and Taiwan. So, um, you know, if, if you're not, you know, you're not betting it yet. You, uh, you're, you're coming down to the wire. But uh, for me, if, if you're not really familiar with international baseball, I think the team pay the most attention to is Team Japan, who uh, I, I think is, you know, deserving of being the tournament favorite and likely will be one of the final two teams in the championship game when all is said and done. And with Team Japan as well, you mentioned it, that this is going to be an event that is taking place in Asia. So that does give them a little bit of a boost. And do you think that that could be a big deal when it comes to the World Baseball Classic? Because I know that when it was played out here in the United States, it was a relatively okay crowd, but it feels like an event that for those that are out there in Japan, for those that are out there in where the event is taking place this year, that they're really going to be able to pack the stadium because this is really going to be a experience that they haven't really had before. Getting to play at home is a pretty big deal for uh, for Team Japan. I, I don't think they were at any risk of not advancing to begin with out of out of their pool, but just the opportunity to to get to to play at home kind of just sends it over the top. There's there's not really a number high enough you can make Japan to advance out of, out of their um, their pool and most likely to the uh, the semifinals and and finals um, when they have to fly out to Miami. But the other thing to pay attention to or to keep in mind is there's two there's two different pool groups in Asia and the second pool is in Taiwan where uh, where the Taiwanese team is eight to one 
to win their bracket playing at home and they're three to one to advance where I think those, those numbers are crazy. And those are the DraftKings numbers. I think Circa kind of had a better, better idea and was more kind of on my side. They, uh, they opened Taiwan to advance plus 560. So um, you can get that eight to one number. I think that's a great bet still. Yep. And taking a look at just the top four in terms of odds to be able to win the World Baseball Classic, this is by DraftKings Dominican Republic. They're currently your top team at plus 210. USA is plus 250. Japan is plus 275. And then from there, it's just a lot of teams that are further down the list. Venezuela's at 10 to 1. And then we've got a 12 to 1. Korea Republic, so South Korea at 12 to 1. Puerto Rico's at 12 to 1. Is there any teams really outside of that big three in the U.S., Japan, and Dominican Republic that you take a look at them and you think that there might be a little bit of value on them and they're being a little bit undervalued in the market? Yeah, I think Mexico is, uh, you know, a lot of people have talked about them and they got Julio Urias kind of leading their pitching staff and uh, a pretty solid roster top to bottom. I'm I'm not convinced that they're not going to make some noise in this tournament, but um, I do think at the end you're going to see Japan most likely in Team USA. Um, somebody's going to edge out the Dominicans. And unfortunately for the Dominicans, they just lost Vlad Guerrero this week, which you know, that's that's an irreplaceable sort of talent for any team in this tournament. And they'll still be all right when you look at that roster, especially the, the lineup, the batting lineup is a super team. But, you know, anyone's going to feel the loss of Vlad Guerrero or the downgrade, you know, so to speak. Yep, absolutely. And I do think that just taking a look at this field, it is very fascinating because the last winner's this happened in 2017, by the way. This is an event that typically happens every four years. I believe that the COVID pandemic, that caused this one to be shifted back a little bit more. But the U.S. may won it in 2017. And then you had the Dominican Republic win it in 2013. And Japan won it the first two times that it was played as well. I do think that with regards to this field, it is going to be a little bit more competitive. And would you say that going into this year's field, 2023, that suddenly shall we say lesser teams are going to be able to provide a little bit more resistance than we've seen in past years with the world baseball classic. I want to say yes, but I think the reality of these tournaments is that the top teams, you know, they have the, the, the deepest pitching and the ability to just, just kind of win these, these games easier. And I don't think this is the kind of tournament that you're, you're looking deep for, for upsets or, you know, if you want to look at individual games, I could I could kind of pick out some certain spots that I think will probably be advantageous. But, you know, I wouldn't say take this team 100 to 1 and expect, you know, somebody to get out of the bracket. It's it's going to be the teams you expect at the top. So at least that's my opinion. And you did mention the pitching as well, which I do think is an interesting aspect with the World Baseball Classic. When it comes to gauging this event in the past, how long do you think some of these starting pitchers might go? Because I would have to think that it's the actual pitching staff as a whole that you want to be taking a look at. Because I do question how many guys, like you mentioned, Julio Rios, are going to be going six plus innings in a lot of their starts just in fear of not getting injured for their actual professional team. Well, you're not going to see a lot of guys going six innings in their starts, if at all, because there's a bunch of rules. Um you know, that, that you have to abide by, um, you know, if a pitcher throws something like 50 pitches, he has to sit at least four days before he pitches again. Um, in the first round, the pool round, you could only throw 65 pitches maximum and the quarterfinal that goes up to 80 and the semifinal and the final that goes up to 95. So even at 95 pitches, you're not going to see very many guys go past six innings. So, um, a lot of this is very strategic with the pitching. Uh, I'm actually wondering myself if any of these national teams plan on employing, uh, you know, employing an opener strategy, because if I knew my starters were limited to 65 pitches in the pool round, I would absolutely be game planning around, you know, openers and, and that sort of uh, strategy. So there's a lot of sort of game theory that goes into these you know, the pool play around, especially because it's tournament. So you don't have to win every game. I do think that that's such a good point that you bring up as well. And with the USA, they're in pool C. They're 
minus 450 to be able to win the pool. Do you think that this is a little bit of an overflated number on the USA because they did win the last one in 2017, but we have seen Team USA have some struggles in the World Baseball Classic because there are quite a few guys that if there's any sort of a hint of an injury, a lot of them do decide to opt out of this event. Yeah, you know, I think one of the issues with Team USA is the lack of pitching depth and you know, obviously, when when your you know your your lineup is led by Mike Trout, you're going to be one of the favorites. But um, it was a little disappointing to see that some of the top pitchers, um, you know, didn't didn't want to participate in what's basically the the World Cup of baseball. But that's unfortunately just where the this tournament is at. I I always tell people focus on the guys who are at the tournament, not at the guys who aren't there. It's still get Trout and Otani and, Ron, and, you know, Ronald Acuna. And, you know, it's, it's a pretty deep tournament still with, with talent. Um, I just think at the end, the problem with team USA is, is going to be their starting pitching. And Adam Wainwright just hasn't looked great in uh, spring training. I don't know what you can expect from him. It's going to be interesting to see how team USA manages their pitching. Yeah. Adam Wainwright, not necessarily the youngest guy out there, but a man that, always provides youthful energy and a man that always does a great job when he joins this show. That'd be you, Jason. I always do appreciate you're doing great work. Taking a look at so many futures markets, baseball in general, always appreciate the time. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'll talk to you guys later. Always great to have Jason Weingarten aboard right here on the Greg Peterson experience. And coming up next, we've taken a look at the ACC tournament already. Let's take a look at the Atlantic 10 on the Greg Peterson experience on Visa, the Sports Bay Network. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. 